All right, guys, we want to bring up another sponsor of ours. It is Kelsey Picker Realtor with Keller Williams Coastal Area Partners. And if you need to buy or sell property anywhere in the United States, go to kelseypicker.kw.com. And her information will be at the bottom of that page or reach out to us at any of our social media pages or our email. And we will be happy to put you in touch. <laughs> Who's that coming down the track? Who's that coming down the track? It's a mean machine and red and black. It's a mean machine and red and black. What's up, y'all? This is John, and I have Mike back with me today for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. And tonight, we have a conglomeration of things to uh, to talk about. We're going to do a little bit of combine stuff. You know, the Underwear Olympics happened over the past weekend. We are going to talk about the uh, rumored scheduling that was put out by Dellinger over the past weekend. And then we're going to talk a little bit of music. And what I mean by that is for, we're going to kind of rank in stadium hype songs. You know, everybody knows the big ones, um, but we're going to talk about which ones are our favorite. And then for those of you that may not know, Georgia has, um, for their fourth quarter light show over the last few years up until this past season have used power by Kanye West. And with Kanye being in all of his social trouble going on right now, they stopped doing it. So we're going to talk about which songs we think should replace power by Kanye for the light show, but that's going to be a little bit later. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. Uh, how are you doing? I'm still exhausted. I bet you you killed it. Yeah, no. Um. So if you haven't listened in a while, this past weekend I did my four by four by forty eight raising money for Team Savannah for veterans. Um, and if you're interested, I will keep that open until the end of the month to try and get as much money for those guys as possible. But um, yeah. So every four hours for 48 hours, I did a one hour workout and the gym is a 30 minute drive for me. So I slept a total of five hours this weekend and, uh, and still found somehow the ability to go to work today when I did not want to. Huge. I missed two days. We're getting in a car accident. <laughs> oh, if so, I was going to, I was thinking about calling out this morning and my boss texted me yesterday and asked me if I could uh, meet him somewhere to give him a piece of equipment he needed for a state fire marshal inspection this morning. And I was like, oh, I guess I got to go now. <laughs> oh, I did not want to go. Um, so for the celebration of getting done with that four by 48, by four by 48. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm tired. Um, I bought myself a Knob Creek single barrel bourbon from Habersham Beverage Warehouse over here in Savannah. And it is a nine year old, 120 proof bourbon. It's very good. Um, 
I had a glass and ate a steak for dinner last night as my as my celebration for being done. So what are you drinking? All right. So I went back in the back of the fridge and I found one of these cocktail in the cans from Parker's. So I have a, a Long Island iced tea in my uh, nothing finer koozie. I got to ask, is it is it the same? We'll call it fucked up factor as a real Long Island. Mm, not quite. I mean, it's only 10% alcohol by volume i mean it's better than a beer but not 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 quite not quite four shots and some coke no, definitely not we were talking about that in one of the in the uh, group chat before i think um there's a place out there in um, monroe that had like ten dollar all you can drink uh, long islands probably shit probably 10 or 12 years ago when i was living out there like and i was i specifically remember it because i got so fucked up um, watching the uh, Georgia Boys State game. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, uh, Fusions is what it was called. It's definitely not open now. Like people got shot and just assaulted and all that. Like it was not not a good place. There were stripper poles, having people that had no business being on them. It was a good time. <laughs> Man, there's a wing place in Monroe that people get shot at frequently. And there's always a line. Like it, it's almost like they took a checkers and mm. removed the drive-thru. Like it's just a kitchen and a window. Yeah. That's right by Monroe area, right? Yeah. And yeah. uh somebody was like, Oh, I'd never go there. People get shot. I'm like, if people oh, get good. shot and it's always busy, the food is very good. My rule is always if it has bars or it looks dingy as shit, it's got some banging food. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, you don't eat out to eat where it's clean no restaurant no. is really clean no some do a better job of cleaning it up than others but most are you'd be appalled if you saw what was going on in the back yeah and if you ever come to savannah ask me for the places not to eat because i do i'd say like 60 percent of the inspections at restaurants in savannah um and there is i have a blacklist of places that i immediately tell people not to go because of how gross the kitchens are but thankfully, one of them was recently closed down thanks to health food violations. Well, and and that guy, didn't he kill somebody on a boat or something like that? I can't remember. Like, there was a whole few, like... Well, uh, he, he committed multiple crimes. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Nothing's been... He's not been convicted of said crimes yet. But um, there's a rumor that they're also about to just move down to River Street the the other owner of the business um so yeah if you come to savannah dm any of our accounts and i will give you the blacklist and you'll probably be disappointed in some of those places but start talking about combine stuff um i'm sure most of you guys know by now that there are some dogs that had a day in Indy for the second time in two years, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, start with the mailman. He loves delivering in Indianapolis. He, his height, he's, um, he's taller than Bryce Young. Um, he's a couple pounds less 
He's like two pounds less than, or he's two pounds less than what Bryce was listed at in college. But the combine says he's 204. I think he did that whole how much percent nachos can I be <laughs> meme you see float around Facebook. Because mm-hmm. um, there's no way. I have, uh, I've seen animal feces bigger than Bryce Young. There's, I don't believe he's 204. Don't, don't believe it for one second. No. No. Um, but Stetson ran a four, six, seven, 40. And people were saying that he would improve his stock if he ran a four, eight. He was the mm-hmm. third fastest quarterback at this year's combine. The only one of those to win national championship. Because the fastest quarterback at this year's combine lost a national championship 65 to 7 in January. Um, and he wasn't that much significantly faster than Stetson. Yeah, he was like uh, a four-five, wasn't he? Yeah, it was like a I think it was a four-five-two. Yeah. So fifteen hundredths of a second faster. And Stetson also got a terrible start on his. You can tell that he did not practice whatsoever. No. And it seemed like he he got tired toward the end too. So like he had a good, you know, middle like 15, 20 yards, and then like the beginning and end were not probably what he was hoping for. But I mean, to still run a four six seven is incredible for not having great form. Um, he might have been playing ding dong ditch the night before again. Hiding behind a wall away from police. <laughs> Um, but he ran a four two shuttle, which is the shuttle is if you don't know, it's mostly like your quick twitch. How how fast can you cut drill? Um, but he also threw a football fifty nine miles an hour, according to their uh, to their little speed trap gun, and he was also throwing what like fifty yard dimes down the field in that clip that got put out. Mm-hmm. They're um they're a draft analyst that went from saying Setson might go undrafted to probably round four at the latest, and he will at minimum be a backup for a few years. Mel Kiper said a very long time NFL quarterback. I mean, look at Chase Daniel. I mean, look what he's been able to do. Like not <laughs> like if if Chase can do it, Stetson can definitely do it. There was I think it was Robert Griffin the third that said that Stetson had the best deep ball of anyone that threw in like that first session of quarterbacks. I don't know who was in that first session because I didn't sit there and watch it all, but that's it's pretty big praise coming from uh, RG three. Yeah, um, absolutely. I I was I was seriously shocked by his deep ball accuracy in those drills because of the amount of times that we'd seen him have a couple of bad deep throws, but Mm -hmm. I say, I'm sure I've said it on the show before. Nobody remembers the good stuff. No, nobody ever remembers the good stuff. Like when you, for example, you talk about Mike Bobo, everybody wants to bring up I formation, a gap runs, and nobody wants to bring up the 2013 LSU game. No. So, Hopefully we can do our best to remember Stetson for the good things other than national championship because he had some phenomenal plays throughout his career. Um, next on the list, Kenny McIntosh, who he ran a 4'6", 240, 
Um, and his coaches said that he was running in the four fours during his camp. So that was, that was not a good, good showing from him. That's really the only drill he did, mm-hmm. but I think with how well he has done in his career and his receiving ability out of the backfield, I think he'll still get a lot of attention at the pro day. And that's where he'll be able to really show off all of his skills. Cause the 40 time while a number that everybody looks at is not the end all be all for, for draft prospects. Like people act like it is. And he's really like a modern back at this point. Like there's not very many backs that will, you know, carry it 20, 30 times. Like, I mean, look at guys like DeAndre Swift and, when healthy, how successful and dangerous he is, like only getting maybe five to 10 carries, but then getting, you know, another five to 10 touches, you know, out of the, like, you know, short, like screen passes or whatever. Like he, he is like the ideal, you know, change of pace back. Like I can see him being successful because again, like that four, six, two is not, you know, the greatest one in the world, but that that's not indicative of what he brings to the table by any means. No, I mean, there was, I want to say two games this season that Kenny McIntosh was the team's leading receiver. Yeah. In mm-hmm. uh, nuts. I, he, I, he'll definitely get drafted. Um, I think, I think round three at the latest, and we'll talk a lot more about draft stuff here coming up shortly in April. But man, if somebody, if he drops out of the first three rounds, somebody's going to get a steal of a long time back in Kenny McIntosh. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Kiaris Jackson, he had a four five five forty, ten foot six broad jump at five foot eleven. I mean, we've all seen Kiaris's uh explosiveness, his quick trick twitch ability, his his ability to catch balls in traffic, that tight window catches, all that kind of stuff. I also think that Kiaris was probably misused a little in the Georgia offense due to the uh, lack of, you know, outside receiver talent that Georgia had during Kiaris's time. Mm-hmm. I really think that if put in the right system, Kiaris is a perennial Pro Bowl quarterback or wide receiver. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, if, if he gets put into a system. <clears throat> that loves to use the slot receiver. Say he goes to reunites with Munkin in Baltimore with Lamar, with Lamar Jackson, getting those little crosses over the middle, turn a six yard pass into a 30 yard play. I mean, that ideal, ideal situation for him would go to a team that loves to use a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely his spot. Like he, yeah, he thrives on the inside. Like I could definitely see that. I mean, even I mean, going back to the uh, to the Peach Bowl, that that dime that he caught, beautiful. That right down the middle. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Between the hashes is his uh, is his sweet spot there. So we got to talk about one of my favorite players. I I think I complained every week about his misuse. Mm-hmm. Talking about Big O. Talking about Darnell Washington. If you want to talk about somebody who went from like, you know, maybe a first round pick to, I mean, I think, 
I think you can make an argument for top 15, top 10 in the first round after the day that he had. Um, mm-hmm. So Darnell weighed in at 264 pounds at six foot six and a half. Um, and at that height and weight, he ran a 40-yard dash and 4.64 seconds faster than Stetson and Kenny. Um, I mean, it did only take him like five steps, so let's not get too right. crazy. <laughs> but he also ran a shuttle in 4.08 seconds. He hit 21 reps of 225 on the bench press. And his hands measured at over 11 inches. I want to say his hands are probably like twice the size of mine. I got these baby hands. Um, so he, I mean, I know we're going to get to it in a second, but that catch, oh my God. Oh <laughs> no, that's, my a- God. that's where he made his, that's where he made his money. Right. Oh there. yeah. I mean, if, if scouts didn't want to watch the tape on those catches he made down the stretch against Missouri, where he was just ragdolling defensive backs and making one-handed grabs. He put it – he whipped it out and slapped him in the face with it in Indy this past weekend. Because if you haven't seen it, I'll I'll share it to the Facebook group because this was one of the most insane catches I have ever seen in my life from someone that's 6'6 and a half, 264 pounds – I mean, he stops on a dime, turns all the way around, one hands a football and gets two feet inbounds. I mean, that's the kind of stuff, like that's the athleticism that you want in a new age tight end. And then they did blocking drills, which tight ends don't really block anymore. And Darnell picked it up so high that he had to lower it to move the blocking sled because the ends of it were digging into the turf. So, man, I I, I would – if I can find the bet, I would put money on him to go to top 15. I can see it. I mean, especially lately. I mean, there's a, been a, a shitload of teams that have, like, taken uh, taken tight ends, top, top 20, top 15, hell, even, like, you know, top seven, top eight. So, I mean, he – he definitely warrants it. Now, obviously, his production in college wasn't, you know, what you would have wished. But, I mean, his measurables and just, like, what he can bring to you in, like, being, like, the featured guy um, should be enticing for a lot of GMs out there. Yeah. No, I – he made literally millions of dollars in one day from going from a possible second rounder to a hardcore first rounder, potentially top half of the first round. He probably made close to 10 million more. I mean, if he goes, you know, mid first round instead of the second round easily. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Next I'm going to talk about the tackle from Georgia that did not give up a single sack this past season. Um, Talking about Broderick Jones here. For those of you that don't know, he played and started in every game this season, all 15, against teams with good pass rushers and gave up a total of zero sacks on the season, which is, I mean, that's that's very high-level stuff right there. And um, I think he also made himself some money this past weekend 
because at six foot five, three hundred eleven pounds, he ran a four nine seven forty. Anytime, what? Anytime under like a five four is good for an offensive lineman, mm. and he ran under a five. And the his first ten yards were a one point seven four. The only thing I have to say about that is if your offensive tackle <clears throat> either something really good happened or something really shitty happened. I mean, there were multiple plays throughout the season, like long run plays or screen passes, that he was downfield blocking mm-hmm. for the skilled position player that was running downfield. Yeah. He, um, at 6'5", 311 pounds, he also had a nine-foot broad jump and a 30-inch vertical. Sick. I, his arms are also almost 35 inches. And if you are not a man that's ever had to buy a dress shirt, most people's arms are either 24, 25, or like 26, 27. Um, he would be wearing a 34, 35 length arm on a uh, on a dress shirt. Is Dumb question. Is that from like middle fingertip to shoulder? Um, I'm not sure. I can't imagine. Yeah, good lord. I got some long arms yeah. for that. Definitely not. Not that. That's insane. Or probably the wrist, maybe. Who knows? I don't buy dress shirts that often. I've had to buy a few lately because I keep losing them. Yeah. Because I'm a man child. <laughs> at least you have them or had them at one point. Yeah, I I wear the same four shirts to work every week. Oh no, we um we are in the process of decluttering since uh since life has slowed down after football season and holidays and birthdays and this that and the other and um i found four dress shirts today there you go (laughs) that's all you need oh now i have like eight because i bought shirts to replace those (laughs) (laughs) um so the other offensive tackle that um georgia had sent to the combine this year Warren McClendon, he played right tackle all season, six foot four, 304 pounds. His arms are 34 and a half inches. I, the size of these people don't make sense. No, like, and it doesn't do them justice. Like, like, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't do them justice. Like, looking at them on TV. No. Unless you're like on the field, you have no like frame of reference. Like, you don't see these people out and about that often. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I talked about it on the show this season, but when I met uh, Big Jaw at the mm-hmm. Tennessee game, I like, I'm a fairly big dude. Like, I'm right at six foot. I, you know, I lift weights. So, like, I'm not a small person. And um, he made me feel like a child. When we shook hands, his fingers were touching my forearm, like, went past my hand past my wrist they went to like two inches past my wrist and i have fairly large hands mm-hmm. i seeing seeing these guys up close changes your perspective because on the field everybody's huge yeah so when you see them like next to normal people you're like we're not the same species i it, and it's like wild. it's like seeing like Steph Curry. Like you think of like when you're watching like the NBA, like Steph Curry, oh, it's a little guy. He's 6'3. Like he is one of the, like he would be one of the bigger guys out there, like on the football field. So yeah, it's it's insane. It's crazy. 
Yeah. Now I think I, you know, we're going to talk about the guy that made himself the most money this past weekend. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen this on social media and that is the one and only Nolan Smith. Savannah's own. Savannah's own. Six foot two, 238 pounds. It's kind of small for his position of edge rusher, um, but he makes up for it quite literally everywhere else. He ran a 439 40-yard dash, which is the second lowest 40-yard dash in the NFL Combine since 2003, and every stat says 2003, so I'm assuming that's when they started measuring for linemen in those sort of positions. Um, He also had a 10-foot-8 broad jump and a a 41.5-inch vertical, which, once again, is second in defensive linemen since the Combine started measuring these things in 2003. So, four three nine forty yard dash. It's hard to put in perspective on the football field, that sort of thing. Um, so, thanks to all these guys and the NFL that did the uh, simulcam, we know that the four three nine, that two hundred thirty eight pound Nolan Smith, defensive lineman, edge rusher, ran was faster than Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, both Pro Bowl running backs in the NFL, whose literal job is to run. Um, He's faster than those guys. And also two, I don't know, top 10 receivers in the league and Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. Mm -hmm. He's faster than all four of those guys. Which, can someone help me make sense of – Nolan Smith's abilities. It's insane. It's, I mean, I keep saying the same thing over and over again, but it's insane. Like you can't, it, it makes no sense. And, 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 the, and the interesting thing is we'll see where he ends up landing in the draft after his torn pack, but he's that de- he definitely made himself a lot of money in the last, you know, couple days since, uh, since his uh, combine day. So I, Oh Yeah. Where was he at before? Do you know? Like, was he like, I think, I mean, I saw him in like the mid second round before. Like, I I haven't watched or I haven't looked at any mock drafts, you know, since the combine, but I I would assume he's so first round. I, yeah, I think it, I think he would be high second, late first after that. Um, But I mean, we saw, we saw last year what, what the combine will do for people with Trayvon Walker. He went from, you know, like most people had no idea who Trayvon Walker was unless you were a yeah. Georgia fan that paid attention to the defensive line, really, because there was even Georgia fans that didn't know that much about how good of a player he was. Yeah, Skyrocketed he was like, himself to the very first pick of the draft. Yeah, he was like maybe the fifth or sixth player that a lot of Georgia, even Georgia fans would like say like, oh, who's you know, who's the best player on the defense? He wouldn't be the you know top three or four that people would normally say. Yeah, and I think I think after seeing the edge rushers that have come out of Georgia over the last few seasons, I think a lot of um, scouts and GMs have realized that Georgia doesn't use edge rushers the way that they really should be used. Georgia yeah. doesn't Georgia doesn't say, "All right, guys, whatever it takes, get to the quarterback." Like 
Georgia's mm-hmm. Georgia's edge rushers have coverage responsibilities. They'll take running backs out of the backfield. They'll mm-hmm. double team a guard or a tackle. They'll take slot receivers every now and then. So it's not it's not like it's not like some of these other schools where you're going to get a ton of sacks because your only job is to sack the quarterback at Georgia. Edge rushers have to do so much more than just sack the quarterback. So I, mean, I think that. Year, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, so even Mike, uh, Michael, Michael Williams led the team in sacks, right? Yeah. True freshman Michael Williams yeah. led the team in sacks because after Nolan went out, Robert Beal, Chaz Chambliss, Jalen Walker. I mean, they they were the outside linebackers that covered. Like, if you go back and watch the um, – trying to remember which game it was. Go back and watch the Tennessee game. Every time the running back went out of the backfield for a pass, it was one of these edge-rushing outside linebackers that covered the running back. There was no defensive back covering those guys. It was a hundred percent done in other places. It's not done in other places. That's yeah. again, I could be saying insane, but it is and it works. Um, other edge rusher that Georgia sent to the draft got outshined by Nolan Smith, but he still had ridiculous stats in his own right. And we're talking about Robert Beal, six foot four, 247 pounds. He ran a four four eight, which I mean just that is going from a track stance to sprinting 40 yards away in 4.48 seconds. At six foot four and almost 250 pounds, like that's uh-huh. one of the most impressive, you know, dog performances there. I mean, obviously a lot of them had pretty good performances, but just that if Nolan Smith didn't exist, Robert Beal would have made himself a shit ton of money. And probably still did. And- and both Georgia edge rushers were faster than Will Anderson. What did Will Anderson come in at? Because I didn't really, I didn't really pay attention to what he did. Um, let's let's look it up real quick. But Robert Beal also. Oh, I just found the Will Anderson set. I'll read it off in a second. Robert Beal had a ten foot three broad jump. Which is just five inches shorter than Nolan Smith, who is ten pounds lighter. He also had a thirty-inch vertical, and that is from a squatted position, exploding upwards, where your feet are thirty inches off the ground. <coughs> I'll have to cut these coughs out. Um, <laughs> it's all good. I keep hitting the mute button. It's not taken. So Will Anderson, right? Supposedly the best pass rusher in in the draft. He ran a 4-6. Hmm. Meaning that let's count the number of players we talked about so far that have run faster than him. Um, Stetson ran Stetson ran less than a tenth of a second slower than uh, Will Anderson Kenny McIntosh ran two hundredths of a second slower than Will Anderson 
Kiaris Jackson ran 500s of a second faster. Darnell Washington, six foot six and a half, 264 pounds, only ran four hundredths of a second slower than Will Anderson. Um, so I Will Anderson is phenomenal. He could very well be the number one overall draft pick, and he mm-hmm. has earned it, but he's not that freak athlete that we were all led to believe. At least not not in you know in the underwear Olympics for sure. I mean, still impressive, yeah. but not 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 the freak that you know everybody had assumed that was going to show up in a, in Indy. Correct. Um, while we're talking about freaks in Indy, Keely Ringo, <laughs> and I know a lot of Georgia fans are still upset. They think he wasn't that good. Um, as I have talked about many times on this show. I still think he is very good. It's just he was not always put in positions to do what he does best. And he could work on his uh, point of attack skills when the ball is in the air. But, you know, he's still potentially a first-round draft pick because of the freak athlete he is and what he's been able to do on the college field. He ran 40-yard dash in 4.36 seconds. Woo! I mean, that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's got the height, too. I mean, six foot two. I mean, like, that's a big cornerback. Six two, two oh seven. He's not small. No, he's not. I mean, he's got the ideal size. Like, he. Yes. He can come into that shutdown corner role. Like, he could definitely warrant a first round pick. Maybe not necessarily top 10, like, you know, like some cornerbacks have gone. Like, he's not Sauce Gardner by any means, but he. Again, he can be another one that can sneak up in there and be one of the first uh, corners taken. Oh, I, I think unless unless some things change, Keeley is definitely a first-round pick. Yeah. Based on pure athleticism alone. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. And if all you have to do is say, hey, you do everything right, but when the ball's in the air, do this. Mm-hmm. And he's a shutdown corner. Why would you not take him in the first round? Yeah. Yeah, I would not mind him uh, in Detroit. Detroit needs all the uh, defensive help they can get. I wouldn't mind him in Detroit because I hate cheering against Georgia players. <laughs> I mean, you can go to Green Bay too. Y'all need that help as well. Oh, God, they need safety help so bad. Um, other defensive back, Christopher Smith, my favorite player on the last few years' teams. He did not have the 40-yard dash that he wanted. And another one of those guys that his coaches in his camp were saying he was running four fours in uh, in practice. And then when it got out there, time to do it, he ran a four six two, which is very slow for a safety. But as soon as that time came on the board, all the analysts were saying that's not accurate to how he plays. Everybody, yeah, was everybody was saying that. Everyone was saying that he plays faster than what he put um, out there in Indy. I mean, hell, I mean, look at, go back to the 2021 with the uh, the pick six that he had. I mean, that wasn't yeah. four six. That was faster than that. No, no. And I think I think that's where the ability of scouts and GMs and coaches to say, all right, the combine is one thing, but what happens on the field is something different. Hmm. So. I think 
I think Christopher Smith has the ability of a first round safety. What Mm -hmm. concerns me about his ability to go in the first round is he is five foot 11, 192 pounds. Mm -hmm. He is one of the hardest hitting guys on the field without a shadow of a doubt, but is he going to get that opportunity in the first round or is he going to get taken later? I would suspect that it's going to be closer to the third round, but whoever gets him is going to get just an absolute steal. Yeah, he – again, another guy I would not mind uh, in Detroit as well. Uh, dude's – again, dude, he's he turned out. I mean, he – I don't know. I mean, there's not really much else to say. I mean, he – again, there, there's smaller, like, safeties that have been, like, successful in the league. So, like, it's not unprecedented that someone at his, at his size could be successful. So, I think he can do it. I think all of Dog Nation thinks he can do it. And um, – Wherever he goes, regardless if it's you know Green Bay or you know somewhere in the north, like I'll I'll still have a soft spot for him. Yeah, no, I I think he's one of those guys that is going to get taken, you know, day two, maybe early day three, and as soon as they go through rookie training camp, they're going to be like, oh, this guy's a starter. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah, there's yeah. there's not going to be a oh, you know, like you're going to be a backup and a special teams guy. Like it's going to be like, oh, yeah, you're in the rotation without a mm-hmm. doubt. So I expect Kenny or um, Christopher Smith to be on an NFL field regularly next season. But the only other Georgia player that went to the combine this year was kicker Jack Podlesny, and all he did was weigh in and get interviews. So we don't really have much to talk about with uh, Jack Pod. So he, he ran a four-two. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> he ran a four-two twenty-yard kick. He kicked the ball and caught it. Afterwards, <laughs> impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be impressive with how big of a leg he has. Mm-hmm. Like if you kick it as hard as you can and run under it and catch it, it's like the SpongeBob meme, running back and forth. He's fucking fat. Man, that would be um, – the Bucks would trade up and take a first-round kicker. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Worked out real well for him. Yeah, would he last maybe, what, a year and a half, something like that? Something like that. With that. Um, so we do want to touch on the, um, the rumored potential three permanent opponent schedule that came out recently, even though you guys know that I hate this scheduling format. But um, so what really brought this up is we were going to save it for a later time. But we get to rag on Nick Saban for his comments about it because Nick Saban is very upset that Alabama's proposed three permanent opponents are LSU, Tennessee, and Auburn, who are three teams that they currently play every year. So I don't. I'm, and it's Alabama. It, they're gonna they're gonna be like, oh wait. So you're saying like Vanderbilt and Florida and Missouri are all bad this year? Oh, Bama's getting them. Right. It, it, yeah, that was the craziest thing. It's like the 
three teams that he plays every single year. Now, maybe he's more shook because Tennessee actually beat him uh, this past year. Maybe. But October like, champions. I'm, I'm average, oh, yeah. Five star hearts. Like, I don't see how. Just on average, like I, I can't see that his schedule being any more difficult than it already is in the SEC West. Okay, so he's okay, playing Tennessee, you know, out of like the, you know the old East at this point, but you're going to see everybody every other year. So is I mean, it's not that big of a. I mean, if it goes that format that we think with the you know the three six model, but I I, I don't see <laughs> I don't see what else he could have wanted. I don't get it. Georgia fans were left wanting because yep. Georgia's proposed three opponents are Auburn and Florida, which everybody wanted yep. Auburn and Florida. You can't you can't kill the Deep South all this rivalry of the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. But the third team that would potentially be Georgia's permanent opponent, it's not South Carolina like we had talked about. Like if this is a thing, give us South Carolina. It's not Tennessee, who that would be another good one because of how much Georgia and Tennessee hates each other. Um, they're saying Kentucky, which I've said it on the show before. I am perennially high on Kentucky just because of their coaching staff. They almost always have a good running back and a good offensive line. Their defense over the last few years has been top 20 year in and year out. They are a good team. I like do not let what I'm about to say next detract from the fact that I really like Kentucky. They are a great team. There's no hate there. There's there's no, no there's nothing like there's there's no draw to playing Kentucky every year. Yeah, other nobody than hates Kentucky football. Nobody hates Kentucky football. Not even Tennessee. Like Louisville football hates Louisville Kentucky football. football. Yeah, right. Yeah, Kentucky basketball hates Kentucky football. Especially the coaches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I just – I don't know. It it brings nothing to the table for me except for there's a much better chance that I can convince Kelsey to take a week off work for that away trip and let me go to every bourbon distillery in the state of Kentucky that I can find. Yeah, there's that. There's that. I mean, but that's – that's the one bright spot for me is that I can go to away games and drink enough bourbon that my liver is tapping out. And like looking at like, uh, so Kentucky's proposed permanent three Mississippi state, which that's been a decent rival, you know, quote unquote rivalry um, the past few years, South Carolina, which I don't know. Do they hate each other? I don't know. Yes. Uh, yes, they do. So South Carolina went five or six years losing to Kentucky in a row. That's right. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And my favorite thing is when I lived in South Carolina in 2016, that was towards the beginning of that street. And I came to work the next day and all these people that were South Carolina fans, like you lost to a basketball school. <laughs> Everybody was mad. Everybody was mad. Yeah. I, I mean, Kentucky is is weird in theirs because you said they got Tennessee, South Carolina, and who was their third? Kentucky, uh, Kentucky got Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Georgia. Like yes. one of those things are not like the others. Which, yeah, I, yeah. 
I mean, you're gonna play. You're gonna play one of like the big, the big powers every year. Like, there's no way around that. I mean, everybody is, but yeah, there's not, there's not anything there. Like, there's nothing there. And maybe there will yeah. be, but, but there hasn't been. I mean, the last what, what five, six years or so, like Kentucky has been like that other team that has been mentioned. Like, oh, they're this is gonna be for the SEC East. Like every time that Georgia and Kentucky have played, and it hasn't turned out to be that way. I mean, some games it, have been closer than others, but. Again, there's no hatred there. Like, I don't get pissed off when I see, you know, them. I love Kentucky. I love their, I mean, like you said, I mean, the the chrome helmets, dope as shit. Like, my, probably my favorite alternate helmet, like, out there. Like, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. So. Their alternate Wildcat logo is awesome. Yeah. Like the old one? Yeah. And, I yeah, mean. I lived in Kentucky for a year growing up. I, I like I love the whole state. Kentucky is one of my favorite teams to watch outside of Georgia just because I have so many friends that are Kentucky fans. I've never met a Kentucky fan that was not a good person to talk to and just have legitimate like rational football conversations with, which is hard to find from opposing fan bases. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know, man. There's it it doesn't move the needle. No. No, not at all. I mean, and again, maybe, maybe it will now that it's kind of filling the void of not, well, the potential void of like not playing your Tennessee or, I mean, really it's Tennessee that we're missing out on playing every year, but again, we're going to play them every other year. So like, it's not the worst thing in the world, but one, one thing that I thought was interesting, just like before we get out of that, uh, Florida's draw having, Florida playing Georgia, of course, South Carolina, which has been a good, you know, rivalry as of late. And then Oklahoma, like they, they threw out the whole like premise of like trying to keep things like regional and like close to each other. They picked the two farthest away SEC schools and they're going to make them play uh, annually. Yeah. I think, I think the travesty in that is losing that Florida LSU game, which has had some great moments, Mm -hmm. but I also feel like a Florida Oklahoma, I feel like they're at this, like, Right now, in today's SEC, I feel like they're kind of they're kind of on the same level of yeah of just play. Like mm-hmm. Oklahoma has a lot better players in Florida, but they can't stay healthy and they can't put it together. And Florida mm-hmm. has some good players that play a lot better than their talent level at times. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I'm pretty excited to actually watch that game in uh, in 2024. Yeah, it should be good. Like it, it, yeah, like you said, the big the the big loss is just that Florida LSU game. Is that like if you know for not being a fan of either team, that's always a game that I look forward to, along with like the Egg Bowl. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we're moving on to our favorite hype songs, and this is in the stadium hype songs. Um, Some of these are played in Sanford, and some of these are songs that we would like to hear played in Sanford. Um, But I'll let you go first, Mike, and then uh, then I'll get mine. All right, so um, anybody that talks to me knows that I'm like a nostalgic wrestling fan. Um, one of my favorite, like walk, not walk up, but like theme songs, entrance, walkout music is, uh, the game by Motorhead. Time to play the game. 
So with that, um, I mean, it's so hype. I mean, just listening to that first, you know, 20, 30 seconds, like you can't help but like get, you know, ready for a fight. And that's exactly what you want in a pump up song. So if you haven't got into wrestling at all or like, you know, didn't watch it as like a 90s kid or or whatever, like just go ahead and put that even for just the song itself. It's great to like get you ready to like go to the gym or whatever. Yeah, no, I so for that song. I actually got to see a uh, a Monday Night Raw event live where mm-hmm. Triple H was wrestling. Um, yeah. It was it was seeing it live is is different. Is mm-hmm. different. All right. So what's your what's your next one? Okay. So I was I was kind of. Are we going to do do two? Or are we going to do three? If you got three, you can do three. Okay. So um, the second one I had maybe a little bit different. So kind of switch genres in general, but uh, it's by Big Sean and ASAP Ferg. It's called Berserk. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sean, what up, nigga? Yeah. 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 Little bitch. Couple riders with them llamas if you pick a bone with me Put my bitch up on designer, got Balenci on her feet My mama said a couple prayers, keep them demons off me Cause I know I'm out here blasting, got too many reasons on me Yeah, niggas done tried and niggas done died, too many believers around me Yeah, I know my enemies meeting up, double teaming on me Now you know nobody tried and ever got pieces off me And again, like it's, it And I don't think it was on any of any of their albums or anything like that, but just like when they like get going and they kind of like start playing off of each other again, that that shit gets me hype every time. Like again, that's another song if it hits on when like I'm at the gym and like you know I have it on shuffle and that comes on like I'm not turning it off. I probably play it two or three times. And then uh, third is uh, first day out by T Grizzly. Ain't it a blessing? We made it out of Lansing after all that happened. That bitch, nigga. After Michigan State, after Hubbard, when our mans told on us, the bands they took from us. Joy Road, bitch, but the money long is six mile, brick mile, knock your ox down, pick her up, knock her back down. And really, about midway through that song, like where he's like, it, you know, bass drops out and everything, and just kind of the piano a little bit, and he starts like talking faster and faster, and then he, and then he hits him with a line that you guys heard in there, like that every time gets me going so um and now that's a few that's a few years old just like those other songs but all definitely worth uh worth a shot if you uh if you weren't familiar with them yeah no i once you sent them to me it was the first time i'd heard them and i agree they're uh they're definitely songs that get you going so for mine i i really kind of went the um the way is expected to go you know, and I went basic. I went basic. I'm not even gonna lie to you here. So my first one is uh is shit, I just had it pulled up here. Give me a second. So my first one is Swag Surfing by Fast Life Youngsters. I swag when I surf. Now why be surfing? 
And if you've ever been in a stadium when they put swag surfing on, it's it hits different. It just mm-hmm. does. Uh, I mean, for the Tennessee game, it was pouring down rain, literally pouring down rain. And this song came on. There were grandparents that were like swag surfing it with with canes. And I wish that was a joke. Because they like in the stadium, they had the camera on these grandparents that were like in their canes. And it was <laughs> environment unmatched. But when you have oh, something yeah. like that and then they play a song like that, like that was that was um world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Um oh, I am losing it. I cannot remember the name of the song. Soldier Boy. Oh, uh no, the Auburn game, right? Uh crank that. Was it? Was it the yeah. Auburn game? Yeah, it was the blackout because yeah. you had Uncle Vern and uh Yes, and, uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, it was um that was that was blackout soldier boy level of insanity for that, I don't know, 30, 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um it's one of the few times in my life I have thought, thank God for this TV timeout. <laughs> to soak it all in. Mm-hmm. And my next one is just a general hype up song for me. I mean, like if I'm going to the gym and I'm not feeling that I play this, if we're going, if we're like going out to the bar or something and I'm trying to get up for it, whatever it is, it's uh it's Mo Bamba by Sheck Wes. Oh, I do it all. Call me Drake. Hi, nigga, tr- oh, fuck. Shit, bitch. Yeah, Shaq West and I'm getting really rich. See how I caught it, cause I'm really with the shit. See me in the streets and I be really with a with a bad bitch. Bitch, nigga, straight rock, rock. And at Georgia, to my knowledge, any game I've ever been to, they haven't played this song. I think it's a I want to say it's a tech thing. I think tech plays that a lot. And that that, that may be the reason why. But when you see other stadiums that get hype like Sanford does play this song, for example, Beaver Stadium, Penn State, they love playing Mo Bamba. And it's one of those it's one of those times where it almost feels like time stops for a second right when it starts and then just absolute chaos breaks out. And if you like, I feel like this would have topped swag surfing if they would have played these two songs like in separate TV timeouts for that Tennessee game, I feel like I, I've, it's almost like places around Athens would have registered an earthquake yeah. with what was going on in that fourth quarter for uh, if they played Mo Bamba. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I can't get over that one. And then I, so I do have a third and it's not, it's not as hype as the other ones. But like you were saying, if if I'm you know on my way to the gym or at the gym and this song comes on, I I'm I'm gonna go just like ten percent harder. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, if it switches songs in the middle of a set, it's like, oh, I was I was gonna do twelve. Well, here's fifteen. Like I I'm not stopping now. And that is uh, till I collapse by Eminem. 
sometimes you just feel tired, feel weak. And when you feel weak, you feel like you wanna just give up. But you gotta search within you. Try to find that inner strength and just pull that shit out of you and get that motivation to not give up and not be a quitter. And, I mean, you can't listen to that song without, I mean, I've walked through a brick wall when that song starts. I don't know about anybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can just be like sitting there, not doing anything. And that song comes on. And you're like, all right, who am I fighting? Like, this, this is about to happen. I'm going to get shit done today. Song comes on in the car and you accidentally hit 120 on the highway. And you're like, oh, shit, my bad, my bad. 12-year-old me was ready to fight. Anybody that came through when that came out. <laughs> yeah. No, I I know it is from, what, what I say earlier, 2002. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, 21 years later, and it's still, it's still up there. Just mm-hmm. that, that whole intro is wildly amazing. Yeah, definitely. R.I.P. Nate Dog. Yes. Yes. Who could forget? Uh Rip in peace, as they say. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to the songs that we are nominating to replace uh, Power by Kanye West for the fourth quarter light show. And I do want to say that I'm going to put clips together, put it on our social media, ask for a vote. And Next week in the show, I'm going to announce the fan winner of this uh, of this vote just for the Nothing Finder podcast official nomination to replace Power for the Light Show. Um, and I have actually been doing my hardest work to get in touch with uh, the Sanford Stadium DJ to try and get him on the show. And if that happens, I will a million percent be like, you know, as a group, as a fan base, as our social media following, this is the song that we would like to present to replace power. Um, but if, I'll let if you're you know, able to get him on, please have me yes. back on. I need to be in that conversation. So once I started looking into uh, him more, his name's Sir Foster. So he is the George football DJ. Georgia basketball DJ, Georgia baseball DJ, the Atlanta Hawks organist. And and he does some stuff for the Braves every now and then. He does pretty much, if it is a professional sport in the Atlanta area, Sir Foster does the music with the exception of the Braves. Everyday organist is, uh, is a different guy who, if you don't follow Braves organist on Facebook, Every day he asked for yeah, he gets like suggestions for like the opposing yes. players, right? Yeah. Yes. And he will he will go back and forth with you in the comment section for if if you suggest something that he really likes, he's like, Oh, I'm definitely doing that one mm-hmm. for uh for opposing player walk up songs in in truest part. So yeah. But so the way that we're going to do this is Mike's going to give one of his, I'm going to give one of mine, and then we're going to alternate back and forth like that. Okay. All right. So um, I kind of crowdsourced this, crowdsourced this a little bit. I asked my brother, I'm like, like ideally, like when I was thinking about this the other day when you brought up the idea of it, 
I was like, okay, I want to incorporate something that like has either like hell or like red or something like that, just to play into like the actual, like, like environment that you're going into. So this song is kind of more of a, like a, a deep cut, um, again, more, more rap stuff, but it's the, uh, the game in Lil Wayne. It's a uh, red nation. Every day's a demo, motherfucker, tough luck And we gon' fuck the world till that bitch bust nuts I can't tell you what's good, but I can tell you what's what And that's bees up, hoes down Looking in the mirror, I'm nowhere to be found Blood, I'm a dog, call me a bloodhound Throwing blood in the air, leave blood on the ground And with with that, I feel like I I know I've heard the song, like the background music and like that track before. Um, it's, I mean, it's a remake. It's like most of the stuff that he does, but especially the Lil Wayne part, like the chorus of it, that will get you hyped. Now, it has a little bit more cursing than, you know, would, you know, it would make it harder to play it during that. But I just, I feel like that would be pretty hype. Yeah. No, I, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh shit, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> And I hadn't thought of that song in years until he had said something about it. So shout out, Miles. Um, I will say that my honorable mention just off the top for this, it's Hell's Bells. entire stadium goes 100% black every light except for the ones that are legally required to be on at the time are on mm. and then you just hear the bell and then on the second one all the red lights just turn on like that uh, yeah you want to talk mm. about like because that's that's in the fourth quarter when player like the opposing teams on the field mm. and so just I get that they go into weird wild environments all the time but that I I feel like that would really fuck some people up the first time they play it. Like oh, the very first night game of the season, like if they did it this year against South Carolina, South Carolina at Georgia is always a night game if South Carolina has a heartbeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they did that and then, like I said, all the lights are off, people that don't know think the power's out, and you just hear, dun. Yeah. Ding, all the lights come on that i mean that's not one of my recommendations because i've said it before on this show um but that oh yes it's good i i I would get a chubby immediately immediately (laughs) like i'd have to sit down and readjust for a second spider-man sitting behind me what was that all right so my first nomination is um, a lot of people may not even know about this song. It is UGA Anthem by Fly Guy Two Stacks, or a lot of you guys may know him as Sony Michelle. We already won, coach. It done, coach. Pass on fourth and one, coach. And I mean, so. 
and this is a whole song about George football that he wrote and uh, and recorded. But even though Sony was only there for one year of Kirby Smart's tenure, the song is about how hard they played for Kirby Smart, essentially. Um, he, two years. I think he played for two years. Yeah, it was two years. Yeah, it was twenty sixteen and seventeen. He um. I want to say that that wasn't that the song that they had as like the theme or the intro to uh, Kirby Smart's uh, coaches show, like on WSB. I never watched it. I don't know. I I want to say it was. I remember hearing it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's different than it usually is. And like, as soon as he left, they went back. They went, did whatever they did with it. I mean, we, yeah. it's not shown down here, so I don't see it anymore. But I want to say that they used it in uh in either 2017 or 2018. It was one of the two, but it was only like one year. Yeah, no, and if you haven't listened to it other than what we just played, it is on Spotify, and I highly recommend you listen to the whole thing because, hey, I mean, it's a great song, and it supports a uh, a really, really damn good dog because even though it's like 0.15 cents per play, if we get enough people to do it, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. All right, Definitely. so what's your next nomination? All right, so um, I went <laughs> I went back to like the Big Sean uh, pool here with uh, Meek Mill. There's a few Meek Mill th- songs I was thinking about doing, like Dreams and Nightmares is like the one that like every Philly team does, and I can't fucking stand Philly at all. Like I, I really can't, but like Dreams and Nightmares is real good, but that's not the one that I went with. I went with uh, Burn by Meek Mill and Big Sean. Chain all BS, I ain't with the BS Catch me in the city, riding hard through the BS Skinny nigga, but I do it large like a Kriet The last nigga tried, do me wrong, um, he checked Right back to that money, slinging O's in the PJ yeah. I'll probably catch a mileage while the pilot stay the PJ Whoa. Cause we next and we flex like And again, there's probably way too much cursing in this To actually, like, make it work Like, obviously, there's other songs and stuff like that They play in the stadium that they're able to kind of work around like the cursing and things like that. But again, um, just with the, like the sirens going off and all that like, in like the red stadium, like I, that would hit different. I think that would be, that would be a sight to see. Yeah, no, I mean, that was, that was also on my potential list. I, that would be a great song, but what you just said made me think of something else. That is a, it's a fairly deep cut that a lot of people may not may not think of indestructible by disturbed air raid siren at the beginning Mm -hmm. yeah yep that would be a lot of college kids today probably wouldn't even know that song but still a good one yeah i think i think it would work i think it would be cool um they would learn like it they would learn it over time that'd be good oh yeah no i if you if you like rock music in any way shape or form you like that song after about 20 seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so my second nomination is Humble by Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, 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 y
remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances Vanessa nigga with some counterfeits but now I'm counting this And if you've ever ever listened to the first few seconds of that song and not been like the thought in your head is immediately not fuck yes I don't know if we can be friends I'm just being honest um I still love you but I don't I don't think we're going to party together I just and you know even though all of my nominations have been have been rap I'm not I don't only listen to rap but when you're when you're in that when you're in that headspace where you're like let's let's go let's do something any of these songs you're like oh, yep that's it I'm here I'm in the right spot mm-hmm. and hum- humble does that I mean Kendrick Lamar is great and I had a few of his songs on my potential list but mm-hmm. I, I before we recorded I sat here and I played the first one and I was like ah, yeah yeah and then I played humble and after about two seconds I was like all right that's it it uh, so yeah I mean you couldn't go wrong with either one but yeah humble's definitely that's the one. All right. What is your third nomination? All right. So I felt I feel guilty to a certain extent not really having any like Atlanta area rappers on there with you know them having such a big influence on the culture, obviously. But throwing it back to again, middle school for me is uh Gucci Mane and Young Jeezy, so icy. What you bling and it's not necessarily that it goes with the whole like hell theme or, or red or anything like that it's just a dope ass fucking song <laughs> again like any anytime that you know anytime that it comes on I end up playing it two or three times and I get yelled at by, you know, Jen or whoever's in the car with me to like turn on something else. And I'm like, no, this is fucking awesome. I'm not turning this shit off. Um, that, I mean, it's throwing it back like during like COVID um, for anybody that watched like the versus battles or anything like that. Like I made it a point, like they started like two hours late. Uh, my wife and I sat there like laying in bed watching. They did, uh, they did a concert, uh, on, on versus between uh, Gucci Mane and, and Jeezy. Like they've had like this big, long drawn out, like, you know, uh, beef with each other for forever. Like since this song came out or even before that. And they did it at Magic City. Like they did it like on stage with like strip walls behind <laughs> it and everything. It was a fucking scene. Like it was, it was like, you know, Michael That's Jordan. That's the most like, Atlanta thing they could have done. It, yeah, and I was so proud. I was so happy when, like, when I <laughs> when I realized that's where it was set up at. I was like, you can't get any more Atlanta than this unless you had like Lou Will, uh, Lou Williams, like you know, eating wings in the background. But uh, that I'm like, I had to, I had to put some Atlanta uh, flavor in there. Yeah. No, I'm. Yeah. And um, I may have said this before on the show, but the company that I worked for when I worked in Atlanta. I used to do the fire sprinkler work at Magic City. Um, okay. So, and it was always it was always well before they opened that kind of thing. Um, but Christmas Eve, there were, and I'm not going to name drop here because I feel like that's just kind of cringy and awkward. But there was a 
very, very famous rap producer that paid girls to come to the club at 10 a.m. on Christmas Eve. And I was I was literally changing out sprinkler heads. I was on a I was on a 16 foot ladder changing out sprinkler heads like 10 feet away from where they were where they were doing their thing. And there's hundreds flying with these girls in this music. And I come down off the ladder. I'm getting done. I'm getting my paperwork signed. He's like, hey, man, if you want to hang out go pour yourself a shot and come over here and smoke with me. And I was like, I got to go home. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, the company I worked for at the time did drug test. So that was, oh. yeah, yeah, probably not worth it. But also I was, I was supposed to be at my mom's house for Christmas at like four that afternoon. And it was noon already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, Hey mom, this very famous rap producer wanted me to hang out with him in a strip club after I got done working today. I couldn't say no. <laughs> my mom would understand. Yeah, I don't know if my mom would. <laughs> and, you know, there's still a very large part of me that wishes I would have. Because that would have been a hell of a story to tell. I mean, it, it is even right there with you not even staying. What could have been? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish I'd have got some wings, but the kitchen wasn't open yet. He didn't pay for the cooks to come in. <laughs> I mean, some people go there for the food, I guess, right? I mean, uh, basketball players, apparently. Yeah, shout out Lou Will. <laughs> All right, so for my last song, I also threw it back to Atlanta Roots here. I got put on by Jeezy. When they see me off in traffic, they say Jeezy on some other shit. And if you're from Atlanta, this is this is up there with Welcome to Atlanta for everybody knows it. It's on everybody's playlist. And there's never a bad time for this song. Every high school football team plays a song. Yeah. Every one of them. But, I mean, I just think this in the stadium with the red lights going crazy in the fourth quarter, I think I think that would be next level. That, that might be the one. That might yeah. be the one. Yeah. I yeah. – and granted, all the songs that I well, two of the three songs that I've put out there do have a lot of cuss words and things that might be inappropriate for a football stadium setting. Um, but last season they started playing a good bit of DMX. So at this point, anything goes. I I'm not I'm not pulling any punches with these songs. No, they're creative enough to where they can make it more family friendly, I guess. Well, I will say last season. I think it was during the Tennessee game again. They they didn't they had the explicit version of the DMX song playing because they're Ooh. yeah you heard bitch quite a few times and me and Kelsey looked at each other. I was like, you heard that too? Like I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't imagining things. 
clutching your pearls wide no <laughs> <laughs> hey there is still a uh, there is still a tea and crumpets crowd that goes to these games so i i imagine they got some complaints that day yeah it ain't loud there no of course not someone no, yeah. uh a former tennessee quarterback told me that who Apparently, you guys did not share that clip enough because Eric Ainge is not contacting me. I mean, I to this day, if he DM me, I would send him my address. Like we could fight, is what it is. I feel bad for beating up a senior citizen, but shit happens. (laughs) I mean, he's asking for it. He knows what he's doing. It probably wouldn't be the first time he got his ass kicked for something he said either. No. I mean, that's kind of his job now, right? <laughs> Do you have any more honorable mentions, anything else that you want to throw out there? So I did have one other uh, honorable mention, and I think I had – I've said this before to, like, other people. I don't know if I said, like, I mentioned this before, but the uh, Jay-Z song, uh, the, it's more of an interlude, but the uh, public service announcement. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes by the O-Z. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the R-O-C. Um, just, it's just badass. Like if I, if I was a wrestler and, a, and I, or like, you know, going up to bat, like, you know, in a major league game or whatever, like that would be my walk-up song. Again, not sure how well it would play, you know, in the red lights and how, you know, synchronize all the lights and all that, but it's just cold. I get goosebumps every time I hear it. Yes. I, you know, I could see it. Like they do parts where it goes, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is O. And then you hit some highlights in there and stuff. I mean, it could work. Yeah. It could work. Yeah. No, I think it, I think it could work and I think it could work well. Yeah. That's that's a good one. That's that I think any of these would be great. Um, but y'all help me get Sir Foster on and we'll we'll talk to him about it. What is he more active on? Do you know? So I've checked his Twitter. It's been it's been a minute since I checked his Twitter because I actually reached out through his official website. Um oh, okay. yeah. Um, but I'm also gonna reach out probably on Instagram and you guys haven't followed us enough on Twitter for us to be respectable there yet. So I think we still have like eight Twitter followers. Um, so we need you guys, you know, Matthew McConaughey, step those numbers up. <laughs> rookie numbers. Yeah. Rookie numbers. You know what? For the hell of it all, I'll put that audio into. I got pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. um but no i mean so it'll be it'll be instagram because that's i mean we're we're creeping up towards 900 followers on instagram at this point so so that's our most uh our most like oh these guys are not just some idiots outwardly facing platform (laughs) they're not just shit posting all day yeah although i did when we first started the page um and I realized how poor of an idea that was. So I stopped. No. I posted I posted a lot of memes, mostly against Alabama and Tennessee, but it is what it is. You know, more actions up. It's it is what it is. 
Oh man, we have that reel that I posted about. I know a sound that all men love, and then it goes to Keeley's pick six. That <laughs> reel that I posted. Yeah, yeah. I posted it in December, and it is still getting ten comments a day. People love <laughs> that go. video. Mm-hmm. People love that video. But um, I think it's going to do it for us today on the Nothing Finer podcast. I, you know, I should really just have a clip that I insert at this point, but I don't. So I'm going to say it again. Follow our Twitter at Finer Pod. Please help us get those numbers up. The Instagram is nothing.finer.pod, Facebook group, and YouTube. Just search us there. Um, the store, the shop, all the merch, nothingfinerpod.com. And I think that's it. So always remember, guys, there is nothing finer in the land than a drunk, obnoxious Georgia fan. Third and a mile. Duggan from the two will throw it all the way across the field. It's picked up by Bullardy. Bullard got it again. And Bennett to throw. Lobs it to the right corner. There's McConkey. He got on his donkey and made a sliding catch in the right corner. Touchdown.